This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. Well, good morning. Welcome to the church at Indian Lake. My name is David, and I am uh, really excited to be wrapping up our series entitled I Love My Church, basically because I love my church. Like, I'm just really excited because I do truly love my church. And so uh, if you have your Bible with us, if you want to go ahead and pull out your smartphone, you tech savvy kids, you, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is going to be where we start. Uh, I'm reading out of the ESV today, so nobody get nervous if the uh, translation doesn't quite match up with maybe what you brought. Uh, it will be right in your version, so you can verify that, uh, that I'm reading God's Word. But I do want to uh, thank you all for being here uh, as we go through our series. I want to specifically talk to you today about serving. I've entitled the message, I Serve, so go ahead and turn to the person next to you and say he ripped that off from Apple. <laughs> I serve because I believe that we've all been called to serve this great church and uh, the kingdom of God to be furthered through our servanthood. So I want to read to you uh, briefly, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It says this, for just as one body, for as the body rather is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you've created us to be who we are, that you've purposed us and given us a plan. Give us the fortitude to follow you and things that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My wife and I, when we were dating, uh, she was going through nursing school. And so... I'm pretty squeamish when it comes to things, but being the good boyfriend that I am, I helped her study uh, on many, many of our dates where we studied uh, nursing stuff. And I studied enough with her not to be a nurse myself, but to know that the human body is a phenomenal creation by God. That every part of our body, with the exception of the appendix, has a purpose and a plan. And it all works together. Our muscles move and react. Uh, our brains are firing things and memorying things. That's my nursing skills coming out. I don't want to impress you too much. But things are going on in our bodies. Our eyes are doing stuff and our brains are, things are happening. And it's phenomenal that God created us, our bodies, to function together. The very fact that you drove here today required so much that it just boggles my mind with your hand and your eyes and things just working together. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul draws the parallel between the body of Christ and our physical bodies. The idea that God created all of us, not for purposes outside, but for purposes together as a body of Christ. That God has purposed you and I, and he's chosen us. Now, the creation of, uh, of us is pretty remarkable. Maybe one of the greatest miracles. But I would say that the greatest miracle is that God chose to use you and I. That he chose to use you and I to further the kingdom of God. That he created a system that demands that we participate. That he could have bypassed us. He could have created an institution where he didn't need you and I or want you and I to be involved. But he didn't. He created something that invites you and I to share the stage with God Almighty. For example, when someone comes in and they, they come in broken or torn and, and, and in despair and they leave here with hope. You and I get to share in that victory because we're one body and God chose to use you and I. And it'd be very easy for us to say that we don't have a purpose or a plan, but we do because everything on this campus preaches 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the way that our lawn looks, to our parking lot, to our lobby, to our greeters, to our nursery, to the things that happen up here. God wants to use us all to build his kingdom within the context of the local church. And he wants to use you. And it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't, I don't look very impressive in stage lights and I don't know how to run sound or I don't know how to play a guitar and so God clearly cannot use me in the context of this church. But that's not true. That God has a purpose and a plan for all of us and he wants to grow the kingdom of God using all of us. And he wants to build his kingdom. He wants to use you and me and he wants to share the stage with us. And I realize some of you may show up here today and you say, you know, I don't really believe in the institutional church. That the church in and of itself has a, a lot of flaws and, and a lot of problems. And it's, it's a man-made thing and it's just, it's broken. And, and instead of trying to refute that, I just want to own that and say, you're right. Church does have a lot of problems. Not ours, but churches in general in this community have problems. Because they're made up of human beings. They're made up of people. And so they're problematic. There's no, no way around that. But the idea that God chose to use broken people, people who continue to disappoint or continue to fail or continue to mess up, God continues to extend grace and use us. The church is the best thing that we have going right now. As far as following Christ, the church is the, it's the best system we have going. And so we all must choose to invest in it. We must all choose to get involved in it. And not let some of the minor flaws or discrepancies divide us, but for us to decide that we're going to follow Christ with, along with the body of Christ sitting right here, and we're going to go forward to see the kingdom of God furthered. We waste so much time. We waste so much time nitpicking. See, what happens is a lot of times we pick churches based on how it's going to meet your needs. We pick a church based on how it's going to appeal to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that cannot be the sole reason why you show up here every week. Because we're all very different. And if we were to try to please everyone, we would have a really strange church. I'll prove it to you. I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want everyone to just shout out your favorite Hendersonville restaurant. One. Everybody's with me, right? I didn't lose you. Okay. One, two, three. I have no idea what you said, but for the purpose of this experiment, you all said something different. How weird would it be if we all said the same thing, like if you all got together after the first service and said he's going to do this, played a bad joke? We're all different. If you were in a group of two or three people and you say, where do you want to go to eat? Everyone's going to suggest something separate, something different, because we're all different. But we choose to say, we're going to follow after Christ with this body and, and we may not like the, the color of the carpet or the chairs. Your kids may not be launched to you in a zip line out of the nursery where SpongeBob runs around, but it's okay. It's okay. That's clearly what you look for in a church. It's okay that we don't brew name brand coffee in the lobby. I'm sorry, but it's okay because we come together to serve a central purpose. Now, the problem with churches in uh, America, Bible Belt specifically, is that we've turned churches into entertainment venues. And I'm not specifically talking to anything specific because God uses different places for different reasons. But we've turned church into entertainment venues where people pack every Sunday theater-style seating. And they wait and they sit in the audience and they say, entertain me. And they wait for circus clowns to run around and things to swing from the sky. And it's crazy when elephants are holding each other's tails and it's cute. It's nuts because that's what church has become. And you and I, we live in the most entertainment-driven uh, time in our culture. That at any second, you could be entertained. You could pull out your phone right now and go watch YouTube videos and you could laugh. 
You can. I don't mind. You could do it because we live in an entertainment-driven society. The problem is we're also the most bored people on the planet. My five-year-old, he, when he says, I'm bored, he gets the biggest speech ever. I prepare a big one. Because you don't say you're bored. There's always something to do. We want to be entertained. But Jesus Christ did not come to entertain us. And though they've made some really great movies and written some good books, there's an entertainment factor. That's not the purpose of why he came. He came to seek and save the lost. And so you and I have been invited to share the stage with God Almighty, to invest and to serve the kingdom of God within the context of the body of Christ. If you're taking notes, my first point is that we're all needed. Every single one of us, we're all needed. In 1 Corinthians 12, 15, it says this, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, not one. I don't know if you've ever played the game where you try to pick which sense you could do without, like your sight or taste or smell. It's kind of a morbid game. It's like asking if you'd rather be eaten by an alligator or a shark. It's, it doesn't make sense. But the scripture is challenging you and I. It says, what can you do without? You do without your, your ability to walk? Not really. Not your sense of smell? That's like me picking who we want to eliminate out of our church. I'll take that guy. It's just out. You're done. We can't do it because God's chosen all of us to work together and all of us to be together and all of us serve the purpose that he's placed before us. God's called us to be who he's called us to be. See, the only way that you and I are able to uh, evaluate how great we are is by comparing ourselves to other people. It's human nature. It's in our DNA. You want to know if your car is great? You look at everyone else's cars. And if it's shinier and faster, you win. If you want to know how much money you have, you look at the people around you. If you dress better, you look at everybody else. Yeah, I dress better than you. Then I win. We compare ourselves to the people around us. But God hasn't called you. God hasn't created you to be the person sitting next to you. He's created you to be you. And at no point in time in history... And at no point in the future will there ever be someone like you. It's true that God has created you to be unique. But your uniqueness is not a virtue. It's a responsibility. And you don't just owe it to yourself, but you owe it to God to be who he created you to be. We're always trying to be someone else. I want to play guitar because I like the way he looks up there in the stage light. So I want to try to be that guy. I want to run sound. Parking light crew is more fun than running lights. I get to wear the orange vest. We're always trying to be someone else. But God has created you to be you. And I just believe that God wants all of us to step into the role, to just own it. Maybe you're here and you like to hold babies. We got a place for you here. I've got a baby myself you can hold. Maybe you, maybe you like to fill tiny communion cups with grape juice. We've got a place for you. If you've always wanted to know how it works, it's pretty cool. Twice a week you can volunteer. Maybe you've wanted to park cars. Maybe you've always wanted that control factor where you tell people what to do. That's your place. <laughs> Maybe you love the power of sitting on a lawnmower. 
It's very cool. There's a place for you. Maybe you've always been called a clean freak. There's a place for you. This place has to be cleaned. It's cleaned predominantly, if not dominantly, by volunteers. Can you imagine what this place would look like if it didn't get cleaned? We could just reuse your cups because you leave them behind. And the bulletins, you could just, we could do something cool with. We would just wallow in our own filth. It'd be disgusting. If you're a clean freak, you like to clean, we've got a place for you. There's a space for everyone to come together. But we're not supposed to say, well, I really wish I was more like that guy. Or I really wish I had that girl's skills or that skill set. God says, I've created you unique and wonderful. Be who he's created you to be. Be who he's called you to be. In 1 Corinthians 12, 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. We're all needed. We're all important. And everything preaches from the parking lot to the building. Everything speaks. And everybody has a role to play. And it's easy for all of you to think, and maybe you do, that right now my, my position's the most important. You think that, right? I'm the most important. But it's not true. If the air condition wasn't running, the air, if the sound wasn't going, if nobody was friendly, if the children weren't, their needs weren't being met, we just heard them screaming all the time. Everything speaks that we're all important. We're all needed. And God pools our resources together. And he does something great. And that's a picture of the church. If you're taking notes, my second point is that we all have a place. We all have a place. In Romans 12, 6, it says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. It begins to describe a few gifts. It says, If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our service, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We all have a gift to give. We all have something to bring to the table. And you may feel like you're the least talented, least uh, creative person on the planet, but we can use that somehow, some way. God wants to use you. Here's the deal. He's created us to be all diverse. In fact, I believe that our diversity is defining us as a generation. That record stores used to be able to hold all of the music that we would want, but now it can't do that because we're all listening to crazy stuff. There's just so much diversity in music that record stores shut down and all went online. Now it's not even online anymore. You just stream endless amounts of music because we're all different. My wife and I were at, the, at a restaurant and we were walking in and on our way in, we heard just loud, obnoxious, blaring rap music and we looked up and it's this huge truck with like a big lift kit on it and tires and mud and two, two teenage girls get out with skinny jeans and uh, camouflage sweatshirts on and we just looked at each other very confused. Like, what is happening? There's so many cultures meshed together. But that's what defined them. Our diversity is defining us as a generation. When I grew up, you were either a, you know, a country kid or a city kid or you were in this movement or you were this. And, and now it's not that way anymore. It's a melting pot and it's gorgeous. God's created us to be diverse. But there's more demand on you and I because we've got to begin to own who we are and look for people like us and reach them. There's more demand. There's more need that we all step it up. Because there are people that I can't reach. I don't relate to a 30-plus-year-old mom with three kids like my wife can. I don't relate to athletic-style people like some of our youth staff do. We try to keep people around who relate to different people on different levels. Maybe you're here and you're a video game nerd, and you thought, I'm a grown man, I should not be a video game nerd, and I'm sorry I called you a nerd too. But that's maybe you, who you are. Maybe that's who God called you to be. 
And maybe he's using you to reach people have, that have an addiction to Skyrim too. Maybe that's your deal is that you can just be who you are. And there's some freedom to that. There's some liberty to that. Instead of saying, you've got to fit into this mold in order to go to this church, in order to work with us. It's saying, hey, we need you to be you. And God's going to use that. And it's gorgeous because we all have a place. We all have a purpose. And God's called us all to be us. And I can do that. I can be me. But he's called us to do what we do well. So maybe you think, I'd I'd love to, to jump in on the nursery. If you're going to be a nursery worker at this church, be the greatest nursery worker history has ever seen. If you're going to be a parking lot attendant, don't just think, well, I'm just in the parking lot and it's nice out. I'm going to hang out. Be the best parking lot attendant you can be. If you're going to run sound, be the best sound man we've ever known. One of my favorite Martin Luther King Jr. quotes, uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister, but uh, it goes like this. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Did his job well. That's the picture of the body of Christ that we be known by our excellence, that we be known by our servanthood, that we put our own agendas aside and we say, we're gonna serve our pastor and we're gonna serve God within the context of this body and we're gonna dig our heels in and when things aren't comfortable, we're gonna be okay with that and when the music gets a little out of control, we're gonna be all right with that or if the carpet gets a little dirty, it's okay. If my coffee brew changes, we're gonna be all right because we're serving God Almighty and we're watching his kingdom furthered through the services here that we pull together, that we pull together and we work side by side. So you and I are able to do greater things together than we are apart. That's the picture of church, that we're pulling all the resources together. They're pulling all their money and all their time and they pulled it all together and they went and found people who needed it and they went and did and gave it away. That's church, us coming together as one body. Nobody greater than the other person, nobody better looking than the other or richer or poorer, all of us just working together because we're all important. My third and last point is that we should all invest. We should all invest. My wife and I, uh, last night we went to the symphony here at the, the Scrimahorn and a gorgeous place, phenomenal. Uh, we, we enjoyed being out on a, on a, on a rare date. And so uh, we walk in and, and we sit down, we had some nice seats and and as we're sitting there, it's a, it's a real, uh, just gorgeous environment. And, and there's some instrumental uh, stuff going on. Just people just fooling around, just, you know, strumming their instruments and horns blasting and timpanies just banging randomly. And at first, you know, it kind of felt neat because you were at the symphony. And then it got really irritating because everyone was just sort of doing their own thing, just playing out. And I even turned to my wife and said, this is awful. And th- then the conductor walks out and, and there's a hush over the room and, and they remind you to turn your cell phones off. Don't be that guy. And so then he comes up and he takes the podium and he does a little thing with his wand and everybody starts playing. And it's gorgeous. Everyone's in tune. Everyone's playing the same notes. They're all together in unison. And it moves you. It's gorgeous. And for 50 some minutes, it just went from song to song and it just flowed and it was powerfully moving 
Everyone working together. No one saying, well, my instrument should be louder than that guy's, or you're playing the bassoon, and no one likes that. And everybody trying to fight. They all just said, let's do what we got to do. And there were parts, and people were stepping up, and it was just beautiful. That's church. That's you and I. We come together in one accord. We tune up. We get in sync. And we go do God's work. But there are so many churches that are out of rhythm, out of sync, that they're wasting time fighting over stuff that doesn't matter for eternity. And I just believe that God wants to separate us, that God wants to pull us apart, and he wants to create a, a group of people in symphony, playing together, doing God's work, and growing this church. Because here's the deal. Our plan is to grow this church. In fact, we plan to have a large church here. You need to know that. Because for every person that's not in a seat that's empty means that they could potentially be out there looking for Christ. And so it's our responsibility to fill this place full of people who need Christ. And so this church is going to get full because that's God's purpose and his plan for our life. But if it's going to fill up, it's going to take all of us doing what God's called us to do. Being who God's called us to be and serving the way God has called us to serve. I close with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. How gorgeous. When we all invest, put our own agendas aside, we make church not about us, but about him. Then in our time of need, in our suffering, we find that people who are invested too come to our side. That as soon as church stops becoming about us, we need it, it becomes about us again because we're all invested and we rejoice together and we cry together, but we do things together because that's community. That's the body of Christ. Back in the summer, my wife, she was pregnant and she had some complications. We ended up in the hospital for a week and immediately we had people at our house watching our kids. We had food showing up before we got there. We had people texting and calling every day, praying and checking on us. We had people that were suffering alongside of us. And it wasn't because I'm a pastor at this church because most of you don't even know what I do. You think I just run around looking busy on Sundays. It's not because I'm a pastor here. It's because I'm invested in this place. It's because I'm invested here and my family is here and this is our church. And we give and we give and we give and in the moment of our greatest need, it gives back to us. But there are so many people who don't have that community. They don't have that support because they're not invested. People come in and they say, I just don't know anybody. Get to know people. Get on the parking lot crew. Those guys are probably the funnest group on campus. Get involved. Get in a men's Bible study. Invest. And watch how it gives back. Watch how it gives back if you will invest. I believe that life is found in our sacrifices. Life is found in, in, our, in our servanthood. And in the Bible, Jesus says that the greatest among us will become the least in heaven, but the least among us will become the greatest. There's something very humbling about servanthood. But I invite you, I invite you to serve in this church. I invite you to become the least so that one day you will become the greatest. If you'll invest, watch what God will do through us as a symphony. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
We thank you that you've purposed us, that you've given us a reason to exist, to be here today. And so, God, we just ask that you give us the the ability, the strength to serve you as you've called us to, that we would begin to reinvest in this place, that we would begin to believe in uh, the plan and the purpose of this church, but not as an institution, but as a a God-breathed idea that, God, you want to see the gospel further through what we do here. So, God, we thank you that you're using us, that you chose to use us in our uniqueness, in our weirdness. You chose us, you purposed us, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Church of Indian Lake.